So how do we want to how do we want to start this? Can you do a Vince McMahon welcome everyone? Welcome to <laughs> Yeah, that's that's that. yeah, you're there. That <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Welcome everybody to Saturday morning superstars. I gave him a little bit of an English accent there at the end. Yeah, <laughs> Super, it was like it was like it was like Lord Alfred Hayes meets Vince McMahon. <laughs> British Vince. British Vince. Superstars. I need like the, the long the long drawn out superstars. Yeah, there you go. That works. Yeah, I'll I'll work on uh, some some late '80s montage underscoring. I'll send you some 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 uh, MP3s. We can work some shit up. very long <laughs> I know <laughs> what happened to him he's <laughs> doing a podcast intro ah, featuring KO Pectates Ico Pro Ico Pro the BWF or whatever it is WBF <laughs> what the hell was that shit <laughs> Watch my new bodybuilding show. Yeah, that was that was a commercial in there. We'll get it to that. It was, please. Oh, we need to get to that. I could do like hours on just the WBF. That should be the show. You forget this. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes did the WBF have? Like um, six? I have no clue. Yeah, not enough for us to do a full podcast, oh, unfortunately. Well, welcome to the first episode of our podcast. I'm Dom. I'm Fan. We're channeling the midlife crisis here with the podcast. We're living our youthful late 80s, early 90s, Saturday mornings, watching syndicated professional wrestling. Ah, oh, it was the best of times. <laughs> it was the worst of times. Do you remember what channel it was on? Because we've never really lived more than 40 miles away from each no, other. Oh, my lives. God. Was it? Was it UPN? I thought it was on 29, which eventually is Fox. Yes, yes, it was eventually Fox. I knew it was like because we had the three channels growing up. It was 17, 29, 57, 65, if there were no clouds. 57 was like the newcomer. 17 was the one that had nothing but Clash of the Titans and the Three Stooges. Yes, but Saturday morning, superstars, after the cartoons were over, then the real men hit the TV. So when did you when did you actually start watching wrestling? Because I know we, we caught up with each other doing it in college, but are you ready for this? February seventh, nineteen eighty-seven. Why that date? <laughs> Why that date? Because that is the date that Hogan was on Piper's Pit and Andre the Giant came out with Bobby the Brain Heenan to challenge him to WrestleMania three. He tears the chain off his mm. neck. And I was hooked from that moment on. Wow. I was like, how, how, how could, what, but, but he's such a nice guy. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I was a Hogan fan. I was, you know, immersed in Hulkamania from that moment on. Yeah, I, I was not. No. I, I was the anti-Hogan. Ah. Like wrestling, my father had to, was tortured by wrestling. His father used to take him to go see, you know, the back in the day guys. Yeah. And he hated being dragged to wrestling because, you know, uh, my father is kind of like your father. They're pretty curmudgeon and they suffer no fools. Yes. They, uh, <laughs> they, they look at dumb things and go, why am I wasting my time? Exactly. Let's move on. My father being forced to watch grown men pretend to fight. I think he was just like never into it. No, nah, my, my parents never had any of that going on so my uncle was the one who like would watch wrestling and he'd just have it on and i'd watch it with him every time i caught up with it and started watching it for a while with him hogan lost <laughs> like here's a guy who, who never would ever have anybody pin him but every time i tuned in he'd lose you were the anti-hogan I was the anti Hogan. The yes. first match I, I saw was pre WrestleMania four, where the twin referees come out. Oh yes, and he, he loses to Andre. Yes. So the first thing I do is to see him lose. At that time, WrestleMania four and five were over in Atlantic City, where we I went to every summer. Yes. So there was banners everywhere about WrestleMania four, WrestleMania four, and Macho won. Yes. And Hogan kind of vanished. Yeah, Hogan was disqualified. So when I was tuning in around that time, uh, Macho was champ. WrestleMania 5 was in Atlantic City, but then after WrestleMania 5, I didn't tune in until mm -hmm. a month before WrestleMania 6. And then I saw The Ultimate Warrior. That dude, I mean, he I was a comic book person, and this guy was like, oh, my God. He's, yeah. he's, he's a living comic book. He was. And I was totally under that, like, kitty spell where whatever he was talking about made total sense to me. I was like, yeah, I don't breathe the same air. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. I, I, I was going to ask you that because that's going to come up a couple of times in this. His promos, like, does anybody know what he's talking about, who he's talking about? Like, I think every single one of his promos could could have been – you know, about the same exact person and you wouldn't have even known. That could be a game in itself. Just who is the ultimate warrior talking about? 13-year-old me knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, exactly. From the depths of the skies, I ask you, unnamed wrestler, to come <laughs> and fight me with my gods on each arm. I, I was like, what? preach, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I totally bought into it, and he won. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I didn't see WrestleMania six, yes. but I saw the shows going into it, and I saw, saw the very next show after it, and when they did the new intro with the Warrior ah, instead yes. of Hulk, mm -hmm. and they're like, here's our new champ. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> totally. And there it was. So, there it was. So, yeah, every time I tuned in, and Hogan always looked like a million years old to me. He always suffered from that 55-year-old syndrome where no matter what age he is, he always looks like he's in his mid-50s. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but the Warrior was like, oh, yeah, he's this ripped dude. He looked like a rock star from, from Mars. And I was like, mm -hmm. and Macho could wrestle. Yeah. I saw that WrestleMania three Macho match, and I'm like, oh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> um uh, still, still to this day, my favorite match of all time. I know I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, breaking any barriers with that statement right there. I'm sure a lot of people will agree, but that is my absolute favorite of all time. It's not a cop out. That's a good. That was awesome. So yeah, so 1990, and I was hooked because yes, I went to the Spectrum and saw uh, SummerSlam '90. 
I dragged oh, my dad wow. there. I'm like, you got to take me. I got to see the ultimate warrior in a steel cage. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, from then on, that, that was it. So for nice. me, it was 90. So, so you beat me to it. Yeah, 87. But I, I will say I took a dip around 90, sort of right towards the beginning of these episodes that we're going to be dealing with. So it's kind of nice to go back and, and uh, you know, kind of relive sort of a period of wrestling that I – I kind of was out of for a while. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I, I got away from it like maybe 92. Uh, and then I didn't come back into it until about just before uh, WrestleMania 12. Right. Uh, when we were in college. And, and uh, of course, that was sort of, you know, they, they weren't doing well then, but that was kind of the, the beginnings of the, the Attitude Era and all that kind of stuff. So it's nice to go back and look at these. Like, I know all these wrestlers because I grew up with all these wrestlers. But after a while, I was just like, all right, I need something a little new. And we all know that the early 90s in WWF history is not, you know, the best of times. But, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's just fun to go and, and uh, check this stuff out and, and uh, see some of the things that were going on when I maybe wasn't watching as much. Awesome. So this is going to be a recap show. We're going to watch WWF Superstars from the network, which goes back only to uh, 1992. We could go back yeah. further if we did uh, TNT, but that's a, that's a totally different show. Yeah, that's, no. That's not Saturday morning. No, that was not. All right, so here's the recap. We fire up the show. It is April 18th, 1992. It is 13 days after WrestleMania 8. Yes. Uh, that that deserves a pause. WrestleMania 8. WrestleMania 8, double main event. Really weird coming off of WrestleMania 7, because WrestleMania 7 was a, was a terrible time for me. Yes. WrestleMania 7 had The Warrior, which mm -hmm. I've already talked about, like mm -hmm. loving him. Yeah. Against Macho, who I've already talked about, love them. Mm -hmm. And it was a career-ending match, like Macho was going to disappear. Yes. If he lost. Yes. And he did. He did. Fast forward a year, Warrior hasn't been seen for a while, and Macho's going to be champion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Wait a minute. We learned very quickly that career-ending matches are, you know, null and void. Like, I didn't sign any contract. Uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, you know? I didn't know that. Yeah. I was, I was petrified. I was like, I was never going to see him again. Yeah, like he he's gonna disappear forever, and uh, yeah, we I was freaking out the whole match, and then yeah. you had that terrible main event where Papa Shango interrupts and the show goes off the air. Yeah, we're 13 days out. Uh, Brett is your Intercontinental Champion. Yes, Money Incorporated are the tag champions. Money, 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 money. I always love that song. Sorry, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the warrior has returned from parts unknown. Yes. Where is parts unknown, by the way? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we hit the opening credits. Video is edited to hit like slams on cymbal crashes. Yes. Like a, an old Disney cartoon. Yes. Uh, all it needed was the bams and the pals from Batman, and it would have been much, much better. So Macho's your champion, and Macho was one of my guys, but we open on Hulk. The crowd shots are Hulk rule signs. Mm-hmm. You got the shot of Hulk with his hand to his ear. You got a kid with a Hulk foam finger. Mm -hmm. uh, and we close the opening credits with Warrior and Hulk. Do you notice in that opening, because uh, I noticed this both, uh, I was watching the first couple episodes, and with Warrior and Hulk, it looks like Hulk is just like, he's like, yeah, I'm the best. And like, Warrior's like, no, hold my hand. 
Yes, I did. He's like, we have to look like we're together. Yeah, we'll hold it together, man. Um, Macho, your champion, maybe in uh, one second of film. That's it. It's like 15 frames and he's gone. That's it. Yeah. There's more shots of Earthquake. There's more shots of Nasty Boys. Sid's got about two or three different Mm close-ups and and of his moves. Uh, All of them are on screen more. I mean, Ric Flair's on more, but that's because he takes a while to say woo. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Definitely. I found that pretty interesting that yeah. you got your champ and he's barely in it. And yeah, there's that, I'm going to grab your hand, Hulk. <laughs> Please yeah. hold me. Please hold me. Let's show that we are, you know, the two most awesome wrestlers this company has right now. This thing was airing basically in the mornings. I mean, it's syndicated, so they could have put it on whenever they wanted the station. Yes. But uh, I was watching this thing on a morning weekend around the cartoon block. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rated TV 14 today. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, we're in the PG era where Monday Night Raw in way prime time on cable has a less of a rating than this thing does right now. This thing has a TV 14. They could not air this. Do you think it's because of all of the bad stereotypes that are today would be considered just, you can't do this anymore? I think they just decided, just give it that and it'll cover us no matter what's on the program. I don't know if they had a guy going through every episode because there's no real reason this should be a TV 14 broadcast there's nothing no. about it that's tv no. 14 there's no language there's no there's no women <laughs> there's no, like so that you don't have that, that you know you're not worried about a bikini match or we're gonna bring down the uh picture of the playboy centerfold damn it <laughs> uh triple h isn't going to be uh having sex with a dead person oh again again May isn't giving birth to hands. What? No. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're we're out of there. What do you think of uh, Jim Johnson's theme song? Uh, very, uh, very generic. Late eighties. Um, I was trying to figure out a band that I could uh, equal it to, and it's just you know the I can't really equal equate it to a band. I just I keep calling it eighties montage underscore i keep calling it that because if you think about any late 80s montage you know uh um uh rocky uh type uh montage or, or karate kid type montage you've always got like just the generic yeah, 80s casio heavy, beat yes casio beat guitar you know uh um power chords going maybe a saxophone uh, uh, thrown in there. I don't remember the music being as thin as it is, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's super thin. Like there's yeah. not, there's not a whole lot going on. It's like you get your musical elements. You get yes. harmony, melody, rhythm. That's it. That's yeah. Sometimes melody. But you you look at a lot of like um, you know now that we can kind of go back, um, you know you look at some of the older uh, WWF shows, some of the older. Uh, before WCW shows and even like early, early ECW and that kind of stuff. And they all had that same kind of, you know, opening credit music to it. That's, that's, it wasn't anything special. So it's, it's like supermarket soundtrack, but for fighters. Yes. 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 Give those guitars a little bit of distortion and you're hooked. Yes. You're good. We're yeah. in Kalamazoo and at Wings Stadium. Yes. We got 
perfect in his uh, power perfect suit. Uh, you don't ever see the back, but uh, it's got to be the one that said Mr. Perfect in yes. the, the sequence. The diamond studding, yes. The scary thing is, and you probably remember, I owned that tie. I had that tie. <laughs> You had that, that tie. Per- that, that perfect was wearing. I might still oh, have that tie. I would love to see you wear that tie. If I can find <laughs> it, I will. Vince is in his, his uh, grayish blue three-piece announcer yes. WWF logo suit. Yes. And here's something that really like clanged with me uh, and that I didn't notice when I was a kid. Everybody's been complaining about it lately. Uh, including like the disgruntled superstar who leaves the WWF and then his number one complaint is the scripting. Mm-hmm. But then you go to this intro, holy cow. Oh yeah. This, the puns, it's Easter time. And you got yes. in within three sentences, you got uh, perfect talking about dumb bunnies, mm-hmm. jelly beans or brains and Easter egg on the warrior. I just picture Vince sitting behind some big, oak desk writing these stupid puns down just guffawing the shit out of them just like ha 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 dumb buddies ha 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 and then passes it off to perfect you know it they know that's what happened i mean they complain about overscripting now nothing i have seen in the last 10 years is worse than this first five seconds i know it's it's cringeworthy we get a preview of what's to come uh we're gonna see money inc today texas tornado intercontinental brett we got lod and we're gonna have an interview with the ultimate warrior yes unbelievably efficient <laughs> uh we we had theme song yep we had this Intro written by like a kindergarten teacher. And the entire show is outlined for the audience. And we are one minute and 50 seconds into the show. Wow. I didn't realize it was that quick. Under two minutes, we have all the information we need. We've had the show open. We had the announcers tell us what we're going to see. And we are two minutes in. Not even. And now you watch a Monday Night Raw and you watch a 20-minute intro. A promo of some type that takes for God awful ever. It takes forever, right? Yeah, it's like I saw all this last week. All right, let's move on. It's unbelievably efficient, this show, and it does exactly the same thing that the opening 20 minutes of Raw does now. Yes. Where it's like, here's what you're going to see. This is the show, and uh, welcome. Yes. But they got it done. It's so efficient. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they should go back to that. They should. Uh, It made me realize, watching this show over again, made me realize you do not need three hours to do anything. No. It's it's clear that they're just, well, not to get on shows today, but it's clear in many respects they're trying to fill time now, whereas when they got 45 minutes here, you know, with commercial breaks and all that kind of stuff, they knew how to do it. And they could go back to that very easily. I wish. We hit our first segment, and it's LOD with Paul Ellering. I don't see a Paul Ellering in your contacts. Siri's trying to call Paul Ellering. Oh, come on. Let's get him on the horn. I didn't know who Ellering was. They brought him out, I think, at WrestleMania 8. Okay. And they're like, hey, we're back, and we're back with our long-term manager, and out came this guy who like looked like Ming the Merciless. Yes. And I didn't I only knew LOD from, you know, I heard about the World Warriors. I didn't really see them until they hit the WWF. They came in without him. They disappeared for a couple months and then came back with him. They did. I didn't know him. I loved him. He did that mastermind evil genius thing real well. He was a good mouthpiece for them because they both could talk. Both of them were able to to cut a promo, which was good. But I just felt like he was he was sort of a glue there because otherwise, you know, they it seemed like they 
they did a lot of yelling at the screen, which was apropos for that time period, but he kind of like, he brought it to another level for them, which I thought was, was just helped them along. Yeah. It's like, Hey, these guys are, they, they, they'll destroy you, yes. but there's a master plan behind it. And yes. I'm that. Yes. And then they gave him a puppet. <laughs> And ruined them. The lack of production value mm. stuck out. Like I'm looking at everything on the screen when during this first segment, and there isn't anything I see right here on the screen that hasn't been upped or plussed or updated. Mm -hmm. I'm watching it now. There's no Titantron. Yes. There's no LED ramp. Yeah. There's no pyro. There's no lighted turnbuckle. There's no ring screen. Um, the outer perimeter nope. is just metal fence. Yeah. It has to be a full stadium sellout to appear like it's a sellout or they're doing camera tricks because the stage in the Tron takes up so much now. Yeah. Like three quarters full looks full because the, the stage takes up half the stadium now. It's like watching Disney on ice. And, yeah. you know, but none of that's there. You look at them come in and there's, there's a full set of, you know, fans behind the entrance. Yeah there so they're they're pretty full unless they the only thing that i can think of is if they kind of pushed everybody to the the hard camera side and then you know they kind of went around that whole side maybe a 180 with maybe some people smattering in the background that you didn't see because they weren't on hard camera side but yeah i mean i don't know sellouts must be easier now because it's it's got to be a, a good chunk yeah maybe 20 percent they don't have to sell yeah Easily. Are we calling these guys red tights or red shorts? I like red tights because it's tights, man. Red tights. We're going to watch a squash match. We're going to watch the guys who uh, people paid to see. Yes. Versus guys that no one will pay to see. That no one will ever see again. <laughs> They're going to lose. They're going to lose big. We know it's coming. We know it's coming. We're calling them red tights after the red shirts of Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> the ones that are there. Just to get killed. Yes. Uh, seems appropriate. And our red tights for this match are Barry Hardy. Ooh. And he's sporting a two-color mullet. Yes. Uh, he's got the, the side shaved, but either dyed black or that's his real color. <laughs> and then the rest of his mullet is uh, blonde. Yes. So he's got three things. He's got, like, business in the front, but, party in the back, and, and uh, different color sides. Yes. I don't know what that would be. Different colors. <laughs> Hey, it was the early 90s, man. Anything went as far as a mullet. As long as you had a mullet, you were good. Didn't matter what color. His partner's going to do okay for himself. It's Dwayne Gill, the man who will be Gilberg. You know, when you, you mentioned that to me, I had no idea that that I didn't even pick up on that. I was just so infatuated with the fact that this was the error of the jobber. This was the error of the red type, where that's all you saw. Like, you didn't see the big big name versus big name that often it was just like you knew there was going to be a big name against a, a red tight and then somebody was getting squashed you know they were out there to do their thing for five minutes yeah if you're lucky i mean a lot of the matches are less than that yeah ellering's looking super cool he's playing the part of the mastermind he's mm -hmm. puppetless thank god <laughs> he's pontificating on the side yes he's calling lod the lords of discipline lords of discipline which i, I guess he didn't get the memo of what <laughs> lod was no no paul paul Oh, no. oh, oh, Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. It's L.O.D. Okay. Since the match is meaningless, again, an efficiency of time thing, they almost immediately go to a picture-in-picture picture of the Beverly Brothers. Yes. And the genius Lanny Fredo Paco. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, their big thing was calling LOD skinny sissies. Yes. I mean, if in, in today's society, if I was like LOD, I'd be like, you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> that, that apparently really ticked them off in 1992. You'd be a much chiller version of Legion of Doom. Yes. You'd be like, hey, man. It's okay. Fine. Call us sissies. Whatever. I don't care, man. <laughs> That's what it is. But yeah, apparently calling them sissies in 1992 was enough to uh, uh, spark spark a, uh, a feud. That was it. That's all it took. Yeah. Picture in picture sissy call. Yes. We immediately cut back to Hawkey's killing Hardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, animal power slams and suplexes Proto Gilbert. <laughs> uh, Hawk gets tagged in. Gilbert tries to do the arms caught between the first and second rope thing. Yeah. But he, he doesn't get there. Didn't quite get there. No, his arms are too short or whatever. Vince on commentary calls Gil Hardy. Yes. So he, he gets confused, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> within a couple of seconds, Hawk uh, Doomsday devices him off animal shoulders. We're out. Yep. And they do some merch shots. They get some kids playing with the action figures. Yep. They get some kids in the plastic shoulder pads. Yep. Those action figures, by the way, didn't look anything like the, the wrestlers back then. No. <laughs> they, were, they were horrible looking. Like I'm sorry, all you, all those uh, uh, wrestling figure collectors. I'm sure they're they're worth something these days. But I could, like, if you showed me some of those guys list, and I knew a lot of the wrestlers, I couldn't tell you who they were supposed to be. You know, how would you like to be the wrestler and you get your action figure? It's like, who's this? Oh, that's you. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, how much am I making off of this? All right, I go. I'll go with it. I, I realized I love the squash match. Yes. LOD look like gods because they all you see is offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Beverly's picture in picture sets up their um, their feud. Yep. And the Beverly's are protected. Like if they ran out and got to jump on them and then they turned it around on them mm-hmm. and LOD ba- beats them down, they've already lost. But now, you know, they they call them sissies. Feud's on. Beverly's are protected. LOD look like gods. Uh, it's... M- I, I dig it. I, I, it's better than the 50-50 stuff where I'll get a win this week, you'll get a win that week, and then we'll have the pay-per-view, and then someone will really win. Yeah. Or we'll be interrupted, or I'll, I'll chase you out of the building. All that makes somebody look weak. And this is why I like this error, because you never, like, in, in today's world, it's like, okay, you're going to do this type of match, you know, on TV on Monday night, and then you're going to do this type of match uh, on the next Monday and they're fighting back and forth. And then they have another one of pay-per-view. It's like, dude, we've already seen this. But whereas here, it's like they have never touched each other until they get to, you know, that one big match. And that's what you wait for. They need that. Yeah, I t- totally yeah. agree. I, mean, I, I want... I'm I'm good with a return to the squash yeah. match. Yeah. Now they got, like, real guys who are squash guys. Yes. Like... You get a guy who has a name. He's on the tour. Mm-hmm. He might get a win here and there, but in reality, you know he's a squash yeah. guy. Like you know who's going. He's the Bo Dallas's yes. of the world. Uh, oh, Bo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're cutting the Mean Gene with a WWF magazine update. Were you a subscriber, sir? I was not, and I wish I had been looking at that cover because, man, Elizabeth, I'll tell you what. You were a Miss Elizabeth? Oh, yeah, I was a Miss Elizabeth. 
Oh my God. You're, you're like one of those Marianne over ginger, right? <laughs> oh yeah, certainly. I was a subscriber. Oh wow. I had this issue. You did. I did. I had this issue. I was, I was subscribing in high school and uh, my mom would mail me my subscription magazine wow. as it came into college, Nice, which was uh, by then pretty embarrassing. <laughs> But I remember this story. They have the Flair Exposé, right? Mm -hmm. In the magazine before, Flair was in these pictures with Elizabeth. Okay. And that led to the whole thing at WrestleMania 8 where he allegedly had uh, this giant nudie picture of Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. like, and his whole thing was like, she was my girlfriend before she was your girlfriend. <laughs> and as... As a high school student, nothing is more terrifying, right? Oh, than yeah. the old boyfriend. So, mm -hmm. like, this spoke to me. Yes. <laughs> like, every teen insecurity I ever had, like, oh, my God, she dated someone else before? Could it be? <laughs> and, That's impossible. Oh, it's a, it's a nightmare. Yes. And, and this, this is it. This is, like, again, nightmare come true. Like, the, Flair was the, the Liz's boyfriend before Randy, and he was just – kept on throwing it in his face and he had the photos published in the magazine. Yes. Which is pretty pimp. It was it was it was Photoshop before there was Photoshop because you know they actually took those photos with like Flair and Elizabeth and then they just swapped out Flair with with uh, Randy like cuz you could tell like her arm and some of them is like it's in the same position but it's not quite in the same position so it's like yeah she's just sat there while they just all right, switch. Randy, your turn. A couple times they mentioned the process, which is uh, sext, uh, six, uh, S -C -I -T -E -X. sext, S-C-I-T-E-X. Yes. Sextex. Sextex. I can't even pronounce si it. Cytex. Si I'm going to say Cytex. We'll go with it. Cytex. Cytex. Um, and for the, like, the first two times of um, listening to them, I'm like, there was no sexting. There was, we're in 1992, right? There's no, yes. no one was texting. Um, There's nothing. I had to look it up. It was a digital printing company back in the day that was like one of the few people who were able to manipulate images. Wow. Yeah, it was an early digital printing company and process. And that's what they were saying Flair was up to. Gotcha. He apparently got a hold of these guys and said, hey, can you doctor some photos? And now they're rewinding it. They're like, hey, that's over. Yeah. That he was never dating Liz. And yeah. we're, we're kind of getting out of that. Uh, gotcha. A lot of efficiency going on here. They use this as a way to show Flair kissing Liz at WrestleMania 8, which is plugging the uh, Coliseum video that you can go rent or buy. And he also mentions that Flair and Macho are going to continue to fight. So I guess they're doing the house show loop and we're plugging that too. So within this segment, we've plugged in the magazine. Yes. We're plugging the video and we're plugging the tour all within like a minute. Very efficient. Unbelievable. And then yes. we cut to commercial and they're teasing that uh, the Ultimate Warrior is going to be coming up. Wow. So I'm not changing the channel. No. Of course, there's no channel to change to. Yes. At that point. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to go watch the news. No. Yeah. So we've had, you know, the introduction segment. We've had a match. We've had Mean Gene plug in everything there is to buy. Mm -hmm. And we're uh, eight minutes and 35 seconds in. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I think we've we've taken longer on this just explaining it. <laughs> no doubt. It would take you absolutely no doubt. It would take you longer to explain it yes. than to actually watch it. Yeah. Are back. Our red trunk is Chris Hahn, uh, but no one cares. They don't even put his name on the screen in a lower third. It's like, oh, 
I know. Oh, so sad, Chris. We get Repo Man. Yes, the Jeremy Piven of uh, <laughs> WWF. <laughs> I always, he looks like Jeremy Piven with a mask on. does look like Jeremy Piven. <laughs> he does. Um, former Demolition Smash. Yes. Here's a guy, he wrestled with another dude in an SMN outfit. <laughs> <laughs> that's true but this this is actually more embarrassing yeah this is yeah he was he was really bad perfect and vince are still talking about flair macho throughout the entire match so like which means nobody cares about repo man <laughs> i think that's what they did to the guys who were just going to lose against the guys they were pushing yes. like hey well we're showing him on the screen we're going to talk about something more interesting because this dude's never going to win anything mm-hmm. but he's going to be better than our, our our red short over here yes red trunk he was he was all gimmick. Repo Man was all gimmick. Like you look at like any of the moves that he did in that match, and there was just nothing to them. It was all about the gimmick. Yeah, he's wrestling sneaky. They're saying he's sneaky. Yes. Um, we got Repo puns. Yes. Uh, totally more interested in his day job than him being a wrestler. Yes. Yeah. They're they're talking about how he's he's he repoing things. Um. <laughs> He wins. There's no finisher. He wins with like no finisher whatsoever. He just pins the guy. He's yep. like, all right, I'm done beating you. He pins him and then he drags him around the, the ring with his rope. That's the post-finish finish. Yes. Like he's a tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really have a, a move, yes. but his move is after he wins. Exactly. He'll, he'll hang you. Yes. And Daniel Ryan got fired for choking a guy out with a tie 9 p.m. on cable. <laughs> Meanwhile... We got Repo hanging a dude mm-hmm. on Saturday morning cartoon block. Yep. Yay, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the music, like they spent maybe 30 seconds working on Repo's music. Oh, my God. They just did. They, they needed. It was like Hogan had his theme, uh, like uh, Flair had his theme, which, by the way, we'll get to that. Uh, Savage had his theme, you know, and then. They're like, oh, well, everybody's got to have music. So they just, yeah, they sat a guy down with a Casio keyboard and said, write music for 30 wrestlers. Okay, here we go. <laughs> sure. Okay. I, it only has 10 drum beats. <laughs> well, then reuse this one and just go, repo, repo, man. <laughs> We're done. Yes. All right. Perfect. There's nothing to this at all. No. Uh, the, the music's pretty lame. get out there and we cut to Sean Mooney I forgot he was even a, a thing ah yes Sean Mooney and and Sean Mooney doesn't age either he, he looks the same now as he did then he's like have you seen him lately I totally forgot he existed yeah he's because he's got a podcast right now he sounds exactly the same you know it's it's just Sean Mooney he's talking about repo on his way into his segment Sean Mooney is saying that repo will do anything even if it means breaking the laws yes of the WWF and then we cut the boss man Segway, Segway. <laughs> I never noticed this as a kid these promos are to nobody yeah he's talking generically about lawbreakers he never mentions an opponent uh, they can they can use this interview for anybody at any time Yes, it's, they're just introducing these. They're assuming they're they're getting new people watching these shows, so they're just introducing these wrestlers. You know, so it doesn't matter who they're fighting; they just want to know who they are. Boss Man's promo, by the way, just does not age well in today's society. <laughs> I was thinking that you can't have, you couldn't do this character. No, that's another one. 
This is this is a no-win character. No. Like, he, he can't be a heel. He no. can't be a brutal cop. Nope. That's not going to play. Nope. And he can't be a good cop or else it'd be like, oh, look at these tone-deaf guys. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it'd be over. <laughs> You'd be done. It would totally be, be over. Absolutely done. Yep. We switch over to Rick the model. Yes. Model is okay. Yes. I didn't mind him at all. Yeah. My favorite thing is when he blinded Jake the Snake with mm-hmm. the uh, arrogance. With the cologne. Yes, yes. The cologne called arrogance. Yes. I felt. I felt that Rick Rick uh, Martel played a good, uh, good heel and a good baby face. He was he was good at both. I had to go back to see Strike Force. Yes. Like I never really saw him yeah. as a baby face. Only when he was fighting Tito Santana, they're like, "Oh, these guys were partners once." I was like, "Really?" And then yeah. I had to go back and find a tape. Yep. And sure enough, yep. His interview, all he's talking about is what he's going to be wearing. He's not talking about anything else because he's a model. <laughs> it takes Mooney to kind of say, "Oh yeah," and he wants to beat people. Oh, okay. <laughs> his interview is all about like looking good. He has he doesn't really care about anything else in his interview. And, and Mooney's like, "No, no, he's a real competitor. Mm-hmm. He's going to rise to the top." <laughs> In our fourth segment, we come out of commercial. Mooney was just kind of setting up a repo boss man but thing. The next thing we see is what will be the the nails segment. You don't know he's nails yet. Yes, you don't know he's nails yet. You, you know somebody's coming, uh, a convict of some type is coming because you just see the, the jail cells and you hear somebody talking about boss man uh, and and a, a undisclosed past that they may have had between each other. So you can only assume that you know, boss band was the uh, um, the warden or the policeman on uh, on this guy's cell block. I, I dug this because boss man wasn't always good. Yeah. So you can kind of buy like back in the day, maybe maybe this guy has a gripe mm-hmm. because he came in as like evil boss man. Yes. But he's talking, you know, on national television in a voiceover uh, about how he's going to take boss man's life. <laughs> And I'm wondering, how is he going to get, why does he give him the parole? Why do they let him out? <laughs> like, he basically said, when I get out, I'm going to kill this guy. Like, how is he getting, <laughs> and shouldn't, like, being in this sport be against his parole, is what I'm saying. Like, yes, well, apparently in the WWF, you could at that time. He literally said he's going to kill him. Yes. And they let him out anyway. Yeah, and his parole officer is like, well, wait, I, oh, you're going to WF? Yeah, it's okay. All right, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and I mean, the system is obviously broken. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> what are we doing in today's society? We, we need no further proof. Yes. We cut to the ring where a red tight, he's actually wearing a red shirt. So yes. he's, he's he's right there. There were certain ones that were wearing red. And I was like, yes, they're perfect. A lot were. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it's Tom Bennett. Tom Bennett. And yes. uh, Bret Hart comes out. Uh, Vince busts Perfect's chops for not being uh, IC champ anymore. Mm-hmm. Brett's giving his glasses away. I did buy a pair. Did you really? I did. I want to say I had a pair, but I don't think they were Brett Hart glasses. I just had a pair of those flimsy, you know, glasses that had the, the foam on them that went around your head. They weren't, they weren't official Bret Hart glasses. It, it's amazing I dated anybody in high school. <laughs> Bret Hart glasses. I know you um, were like walking around the halls with those on, man. Just like, yeah, I, I cool. did. Because like, <laughs> my friends liked wrestling. So yes. when I had the Bret Hart glasses, like, oh my God, you got the Bret Hart glasses. Yeah. And like, for those four people, 
it was awesome for the, for the other 900 people who went to my school. Yeah. Didn't help. That, no, that was no, not, no. no these are the Mickey things. Mouse ears. Yeah. These are the Mickey Mouse ears <laughs> of wrestling where yes. you can wear them in the park, but after that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wear them around. Gotcha. They're showing a lot of Brett fans. He will be world champion very shortly. Yes. Like with, within the year. Yes. Our commentators are teasing Sean and Hitman. As an encounter. Yes. Like, I, I think I remember them doing something intercontinental-wise, but I did not know there was, like, a big – there was a feud before their uh, next feud, which was, like, obviously the big one when they were, you know, WrestleMania 12-ish. I didn't know they, they had one before that. I mean, here we are five years away from the Montreal Screwjob, and mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're still talking about these two guys playing each other. Yeah. Um, Brett's going through his greatest hits. He's got like the shoulder block, hip toss, sharpshooter, tease, belly stomp, like the whole thing. Yep. We got a picture in picture Shawn Michaels and Sherry interview. And Sherry. Oh, yes. Sherry was awesome. I love Sherry. She was good with everybody. Yes. When I think about Sherry, you can think about anybody she was with, mm-hmm. and, it, and it worked. Yeah. Like, her and Macho worked. Her and DiBiase worked. Her and Shawn. She was Honky Talks Peggy Sue. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's honky tonk. <laughs> we get their interview. Brett does his five moves of doom on uh, poor Tom Bennett over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor Tom Bennett. We get the sharpshooter, and uh, it's over. And Vince is trying real hard on commentary to play up of how popular Brett is. So, yeah, foreshadowing. I'm just getting the feeling like he wanted Hogan, but he saw writing on the wall kind of thing going on. Yes. Because the intro still has a lot of Hogan. When we get to the warrior interview, they mention Hogan a lot, but he's not around, you know, they're not talking up Hogan, but he's talking about fighting Sid and Sid was fighting Hogan at WrestleMania. So I guess like we're moving warrior into the fight Sid slot. We're prepping Brett. Look how popular this guy is. We got macho in our back pocket who has been champion. So I think he's just like mm-hmm. trying to move chess pieces on a board. Like if I don't have Hogan, who's going to be the guy? Are we going to stay with macho? Are we going to move to warrior? Is he going to be around and dependable? Maybe Brett's the answer. He's feeling things out. He, he's, feel, he's, he's pushing people in different ways and seeing what sticks. He's still got a lot of Hogan, a Hogan sticky on him at this point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Hogan's been around for such a long time. You know, Hulkamania is still alive and well, but he's not there. So he can't, he can't just like brush that off. So you still got to, it's like, we are, we are the, the company that has Hogan. He's just not here right now. So we're going to keep, you know, talking about him, but we were, we're pushing these guys as well. Uh, we are back to Sean Mooney. Yes. And he's talking about challenges lining up for Brett. And we get a video from, for some reason, Jimmy Hart, who from now on will be called for some reason, Jimmy Hart. Because, <laughs> Unlike Sherry, who made sense with everybody she's with, yes, Jimmy Hart rarely makes sense with anybody he's with. Jimmy Hart and the Mountie, I just looked at that on screen, and that made no sense whatsoever. And and the, I don't even think the Mountie made sense by himself. <laughs> he's just like he's like, what am I doing in this gimmick? I am the Mountie, I guess. <laughs> I am for some reason Jimmy Hart. Let's have like the fifties doo-wop dude. Yeah. Manage the Canadian Mountie <laughs> law enforcement officer. Yeah. I don't, that I don't get it. Why he's even there? Mm-hmm. Again, the, the interview is totally generic. Doesn't mention an opponent. Yep. Can be used for 
uh, every anyone. Yep. Tease us a surprise. Yes. I don't know what the surprise is. I don't think we're. I don't know my timeline well enough to see if he's going to be like the uh, the Mounties when they, they were like the, when they did the uh, tag team. Yeah, we'll so to, we'll have to see because uh, yeah, I, I mean, as I said, I don't know this this error quite as well. So you know, I'm looking forward to to other episodes to see what goes on there. One thing that that really rang out was he used the term uh, "new generation," hmm. and it was in this interview before they started talking about this transition away from Hogan and before the attitude era as the new generation. But he actually uses the term in this interview, which uh, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Uh, we're going to call the whole company, the new generation. in a second. <laughs> um, Mooney introduces a video of the Bushwhackers. Oh God. Um, they talk about their moms. Yes. There was a lot of mom talking in this one. That's all I got out of that. <laughs> your mom, my mom. There's a lot of mom. Your mom, their mom, his mom, and my mom, and then they just start licking people. That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> it's got to be me getting older, but I have noticed that like cartoons to me are, are getting to. I can't. I can't watch them anymore. Yeah. Like I can't sit through Bob's Burgers because they're just screaming at me all the time. Constantly. And I noticed that for this interview with the Bushwhackers, all wrestlers kind of scream. Mm -hmm. This is like next level. Yes, completely. Like they're just screaming at me. Just for this whole era, it's constant screaming, constant. The only person that didn't scream was Jake the Snake. <laughs> yeah. And he was probably the most effective promo they ever had. But everybody else, they would just scream at the screen. It didn't matter who they were screaming at. They were angry at somebody. It's like, dude, chill out. I mean, they're talking about their moms and just screaming. Yes. They're not even talking about an opponent or someone who did them wrong no. or the revenge they're going to get. No. They're just talking casually of, about their moms and screaming it at you. And apparently that stuck. We are back with a new segment, uh, and it's a close-up on Macho's merch. Mm -hmm. uh, some fans wearing a, a green macho shirt. I'm, I'm kind of jealous of. And then Vince introduces a crush vin uh, vignette. Oh God! Oh my God! This was this was it, it was hard to watch these the the crush vignettes because the guys just uh, the I mean <laughs> it didn't make any sense. It was just like he comes in and you know he's he's. Talking about like, yeah, why do people call me Crush? Well, I guess it's because I always love to crush things. And then he, what does he crush? A, a can or something like that? I was like, Ooh. yeah, and we get a flashback of Little Crush. <laughs> yes, on his eight millimeter uh, film strip video. Apparently, he was taking video of himself at that point. Yeah. Yes, someone's got the camera super low. Yes. And he is uh, crushing a can next to his Lincoln Logs. Yes. You have kids, I have kids. Yeah. If kids are going to crush anything in the room, and we have a can and we have a set of Lincoln Logs, <laughs> you know what's going to go. I'm, go. I'm going for the Lincoln Logs. That, that house is destroyed. Yes. The house is destroyed, especially if the brother built it. Oh, done. Boom, mom. Completely done. Yeah, it's over. This is 90s neon crush. Yes. We're making him a good guy. This is supposed to sell me on it. I mean, at that time in the early 90s i guess that worked but now like he would come out to complete booze with that with those promos yeah he would be he would be a heel you know till his dying day 
out comes the Berserker. I hated the Berserker. The Berserker just didn't make any sense. Like, uh, what was he? Uh, a Viking? He was half Yeti with his <laughs> with his with his Yeti boots with his fuzzy boots. Fuzzy boots. He he had this. He's managed by Fuji. His yeah, he's managed by Fuji. That doesn't make any sense. And he would always puff his his mustache. He's always going huff huff. Huff, yeah. and you would see his mustache puff out. I was like, what is that? Oh, I guess he's berserk. I don't know. So we call him the berserker because he puffs out his mustache and he wears stupid clothing. Our red tight is Mark Roberts. Ah, red tight. Graphics, again, asleep at the wheel. We don't get his name on screen. <laughs> Fuji appears in the picture in picture. <laughs> so not his opponent. Yes. I don't remember the berserker actually speaking. I just remember what you remember, the, the huffs, huffs. Yes, huffs, huffs, huffs. That's all he had. And then Fuji was the worst ever stereotype. He, I mean, just just everything about him was just, just so wrong to this day. I always thought he was trying to be odd job from Goldfinger. <laughs> I thought that's what yes. he was modeled after. Yes, he was. Uh, but uh, I, the Berserker talked, and it, I didn't remember that he actually spoke other th- anything other than Hoss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like, no, nobody stops us. Everybody goes down. Everybody goes down. Uh, which hasn't been my experience. Uh, <laughs> yes, I gotta especially say. these days. Fuji yeah. calls out the Undertaker in the picture-in-picture, picture, promising to cremate them in a Viking funeral. So, so the Berserker is some type of Viking, apparently. He's a Viking. Okay, I still don't understand. As a matter of fact, I, I think I remember him coming out originally as the Viking, and then they changed it to... To the Berserker. The Berserker shortly after that. Did he have a horned hat? He had the whole... This gimmick never changed. Okay, okay. Uh, he had his fuzzy alpaca boots. Yes. Which would have been... I mean, in the era of job-related gimmicks, mm-hmm. just make him an alpaca farmer. <laughs> have him, the, you know, come down with, like, that mall pop-up thing. Yes. <laughs> I just have him trying to trying to give his opponents the like boots and can he feel this? Yes, and please. <laughs> Roberts actually does the arm stuck in the rope gimmick. He can actually he actually got it done. Where uh, he, he figured it out. Does give him a pretty good uh, boot to the face with his alpaca boot while he's in there. Yes. So, um, I guess he was supposed to be a threat. The alpacas accentuate the the, the kick. That's why he wears those. The dude. Could actually talk. He was enormous. Mm-hmm. Get him out of this outfit, and he could have been halfway decent. Uh, it was, it was, it was the age of gimmicks, man. They needed a gimmick. You couldn't just, you couldn't put him in the ring and call him like Joe Smith, even though he might have been huge and looked like he could kill you, because that just wouldn't have worked in this era. You know, unless you were a little bit more established, like a, like a Hogan or. Uh, um, like Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels, you know, even though they they still kind of had little gimmicks on them. But with somebody like the Berserker, didn't matter. He needed to have a gimmick because he needed to have an identity that that gave the the audience either something to love or something to hate. That 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 gimmick gave him his identity. You can't just give him a name. Well, I hated it. <laughs> it, was, it was, yes, it's like my least favorite of this era. Yes. Was, High on the list is the Berserker. Yes. They let the Berserker do a leg drop right before his finisher, like a, a Hulk Hogan leg drop. Wow. Which surprised me. I'm like, no one had a problem with him doing Hulk's finisher and then not even as the finisher. Yeah. But it is. it is, looks exactly like Hogan's leg drop. After the match, Fuji has him run the ropes, and that's like 
the fastest he is throughout the entire match. <laughs> he does get a pretty good run when he boosts the guy in the face, but other than that, he's just like with his hand out hussing. Because he's the berserker. He's got to run. He's berserk after. Yes. <laughs> the match is over. <laughs> the opponent's out of the ring. Now he goes berserk. While he's wrestling, he's the tamer. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's really chill. Yes. Um, <laughs> He gets between the ropes. Hey, man, let's just calm down. <laughs> uh, Berserker could have used a larger tunic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's got the mini skirt tunic. Yes, a little a little too much tune in the nick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We cut to a WWF fan club graphic, and Vince tries to sell us on uh, that being a thing. Yeah. We get the most 90s video graphics package of all time for this fan club. Yes. It's the Fresh Prince is graphic package. Uh, had a love child with Saved by the Bells. <laughs> and it's glorious. <laughs> it's got the geometric shapes. Yep. It's got the splatter paint. The little swirlies. Yeah. It's got it all. Yep. If you join the fan club, you get a, it looks like a newsletter. You get a 8x10 of Sid, Bulldog, Macho Man, and uh, Suburban Commando Hulk Hogan. Oh, yes. You get a bunch of certificates. You'll save 40% off the WWF magazine, which I think you got no matter what. Yeah. The thing that I actually really want is like, they had the theme music cassette tape. <sighs> That's a collector's item right there. I would have actually dug that. Yeah. You call the number for an application. It says call for an application to the membership club. Could I get turned down? <laughs> I get, I, like do i have to audition well they needed your information i guess because they needed your information so you would so you would call they would mail you an application you would fill out the application which gave you gave them all your information which you would then send away and then they would send you they couldn't take your information over the phone apparently i don't know i'm wondering if i have a good enough credit score <laughs> Do I do I need money up front? Yeah, yeah. Do I need a mortgage broker? Yeah. <laughs> that was just a weird way to say an application. Like I could be turned down in some way. Here we are, the moment that they've been plugging all night. The segment where we cut to Mean Gene. He's on stage uh, with six five-year-olds and one totally out of place twelve-year-old. Yes. Who looks like Wesley Crusher from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> he is twice the size of everybody else up there. Yes. And they're all painted up like the warrior. I was going to say, do, they, do you think they, they had them, like they picked them out because they had the, the, the face paint on, or did they pick those five kids and put the face paint on them to put up on stage? If I'm a betting man, I say they painted them. Okay, that's what but I These kids did, did not show up in, in the paint. Yes, because you know they had that booth like out in the in the uh, selling area of like, hey, get painted up by like the the warrior. You know that was out there. I'm sure it was. Uh, oh, that's that's a possibility. Yeah, two of them are holding Ultimate Warrior buddies. Yay! Did you have a wrestling buddy? I did. Uh, I think I had a Hogan. Of course, everybody had a Hogan. I had no wrestling buddies. No. But I wanted one. Yes. I wanted the warrior one. Yeah, I did have a I did have a Hogan, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure only the Hogan and the Warrior one had the winged eagle belt. Yeah. And Macho's was the Macho King. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't. The music's hitting. We get the music. Yeah. Do you ever notice that the Rockers music and the Warriors music are this, this exact same piece? Oh, it's totally the same. Yeah. Yeah. The same chord changes and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Different drum beat. And and for some reason, like both of those songs make you want to run out to the ring. So, yeah, because they both did. This is the post WrestleMania 8 dejuiced mom haircut, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Yes. He's not quite running. He's like leisurely stroll. Yes. He starts hugging and arranging the children. Yeah. In a, like Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It was, a, <laughs> it, was a, it was a very awkward sort of creepy moment there. Yeah. Where he's like grabbing the kids by the arms like, you're going to stand here and you're going to stand here and I'm going to pick you up. And... Yeah, he's ignoring the 12-year-old who is sitting there like, this would have been me. I was like, oh, I get to be with the warrior and I don't care that I'm, I'm six foot four and everybody around me is, is, is three foot eight. I don't uh. care that... I, uh, I'm the teenager at, at the uh, little kid baking party. Oh. It's okay because I'm here by the warrior and he's totally ignoring poor Wesley yes. Crusher over here. They do a video package where they cut to him running in and he clotheslines the future godfather in his Papa Shango voodoo outfit. Yes. Um, yes, there were no hoes at that point. Always be closing because they're like available on Coliseum Video is up there. Yes. <laughs> warrior keeps on arranging the little girls. Yes. <laughs> uncomfortably. <laughs> uh, you're going to stand over here now you stand in front of me right there now i'm just gonna stare for a little while he's calling out sid and uh, his curse which i guess is supposed to be papa shango once again yeah I, I you don't know what the man is talking about in this day and age like back then i'm sure everybody did but now it's just like you your your sentences are not coherent you say that but this is like the most coherent i ever remember the warrior this, <laughs> this one interview he picks up the kids he said calls like this is where he gets his power from the warriors mm -hmm. and uh and how he's a friend of hogan he's pl he's, he's plugging hogan like crazy yeah he was getting the rub from Hogan without Hogan being there. Definitely a more subdued Ultimate Warrior than uh, before. This warrior was, was so different that this is the one that they thought was the, the replacement warrior. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is where that urban legend started, right after WrestleMania 8, where skinnier, new haircut warrior comes out. Yeah. And they're like, is, is, no. I remember seeing WrestleMania 8 and going, is that him? It's a different guy. Because it looked like a different, it, it, it was him, but it totally yeah. looked like a, a different dude. Yeah. And this interview was like even a little different. Like he he wasn't talking too much about the the astral plane or whatever. Vince <laughs> uh, took him beside in the back and was just like, yo, dude, get a comment down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're kind of a little too weirded out that the hippies in the back are, are understanding you. So. <laughs> Can you just make a, a little bit of sense? Yeah. Uh, he is noticeably bigger in this interview than he was mm -hmm. at Red. We're only 13 days out, but he was mm -hmm. much skinnier in the video package than he is even now. So he's, he's pumping it back up. Certainly. We're back from commercial. Mm -hmm. And in the ring is uh, one of the Weasleys from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. <laughs> is he wrong? Yeah, he is. We got a red-headed, uh, red tight named Red Tyler. Red Tyler. Could he get any more stereotypical? Was he Irish? <laughs> <laughs> Out comes Rick the model. Uh, the women are yes. booing him, but they're also, like, pretty enamored. Yes. Like, they're doing the thumbs down, but you're pretty hot. Well, he's a good-looking dude. We don't like you, but we'll take you home with us. Yes. I, ha I have a picture of me and my junior prom tuxedo wearing this bow tie and cummerbund. 
Oh, that's awesome. I had this. That's it, awesome. It, yes. Um, you were Dom the Model Martel. I was. I was Dom the Model Martel. <laughs> Teen girl's getting a photo with her multi-flash pink camera. I mean... Yes, you see I that saw thing? that with the, there's like seven flashes on <laughs> yeah, there. It's like a, it was great. A flash the <laughs> flashes were bigger than the camera itself. Yeah. It was awesome. But all these girls are like taking pictures of them and the camera's picking up on it. Mm -hmm. So uh, Vince is trying to uh, convince us that he's a bad guy. So yes. he's on commentary going like how much of a sleazy is. Yes. And I guess they, they found a cutaway of a really pissed off fan. <laughs> It is worth the time. If you go 30 minutes, 31 seconds in. <laughs> it is phenomenal. Tyler actually manages to get multiple two counts on the model. Yes. Yeah, he had a little bit of offense. I was quite surprised. I was surprised, too, because I don't remember them giving these guys an opportunity for much, if any, offense. The offense would last, you know, all of 20 seconds, and then just the main guy would just take him down and then get all his good moves in, and then it'd be over. Since no one cares about either of these two gentlemen in the long run, they go to a picture-in-picture, picture, but they do feature a WWF magazine's uh, spread of the model. Of course, high fashion. Yeah, the announcers keep on plugging different articles. Model sinks in Boston Crab for the win. I forgot that was his finisher. I love the Boston Crab, man. That's such a good move. He's got the cool backbreaker set up where it's like, I'm going to do the backbreaker, then his back's going to be weak mm -hmm. for me to put him in the Boston Crab. And Yes, exactly. It made sense. It made sense, and I really didn't like it when Jericho started using pretty much the Boston Crab and calling it the Walls of Jericho. Well, because it was a little bit higher, it was more neck that, and not the The original back. one, yeah. But like when he got to the WWF, he really just kind of laid it down. But like his WCW one was like the dude is all contorted. Yeah. And it was yes, a lot higher. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this was uh, this is good to see. I, I missed the you know the submission endings. Yeah, we get replays of the match of Martel's outfit, which Vince says, "Look, the jacket matches the bow tie, <laughs> and that's got to be code for something." <laughs> I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. Yes, the carpet matches. Oh no, don't don't say it, Vince. Yeah, the bow tie matches the jacket. Yes, sure it does. How do you know? <laughs> we've been teasing it and we've been using it for um you know video replays the whole night but uh finally we get an outright ad for the coliseum uh wrestlemania home video mm -hmm. and they plug that they're gonna have like extra features yes mooney's up there showing clips of I guess this counted as WrestleMania weekend. Yes. They got the nasty boys singing with Sherry and the Mountie and Jimmy Hart. Um singing with some generic rock band out there there was an arcade tournament yes yes of, with the uh, arcade video game and the cosplay award before there was such a thing as cosplay yes they had a uh, a look-alike contest which went to paul bearer yeah which yeah both of these guys look like the cast of clerks yeah they they didn't look anything like <laughs> they, they basically were just out there in costumes and that was yeah it. They're just 90s dudes with goatees. Yes. They win a lick from the Bushwhackers. Uh, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't really winning anything. <laughs> that was the prize. Yeah. And it looked like it was just held at the local mall. 
I mean, that was their budget then, so. I guess. But uh, those are the extra features you would get if you got the video that you would not get if you bought the pay-per-view. I didn't get that. Yeah. Now comes the Texas Tornado, uh, but they call him Kerry Von Erich. They do. I remember early on they did, and then they dropped it completely, and it was just Texas Tornado. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, hi, Mr. Tornado. Uh, <laughs> First name, Texas. Last name, Tornado. How you doing? Right. <laughs> Our red tight gets absolutely no lower third, and his name is drowned out. Another red tape. But Vince eventually calls him Warren Bianchi. Warren Bianchi. Yeah. Okay. Tornado getting totally pulled by every preteen Tiger Beat subscriber in the audience. Oh, God. Maybe he was a good-looking guy. I would have gone, you know, I mean, if I was a pre, you know, pre-pubescent teenage girl at this time, I would have been more of a Rick Martel. Really? Than a Carrie Von Air. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Vince even calls him a looker whose physique we might see on Body Stars one day. Oh, I I can't wait to see him on Body Stars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bianchi uh, prevents Von Erich from getting into the ring, and Bianchi gets shoved, and he gets shoved like three quarters across the ring. Yes, to to show off uh, Von Erich's strength, of course. That's what he was doing. It was pretty cool. Like he he really sold it for him. He he went for distance. Yes, he did. There's a picture in picture of the tornado during the tornado match. Oh, I love this. I absolutely love this because I could not stop laughing <laughs> at this promo. I absolutely. I just I I couldn't believe it because he goes on this whole thing about how he's like rededicating his life like he's back and all this and then he says he's rededicating his life to family, religion, country, and the WWF. And I'm like, <laughs> kind of like this, you know, family, awesome, religion, great, country, perfect. And the WWF. Yes. <laughs> okay, you took a couple pillars down. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing course. this for uh, for humanity. I'm yes. doing this for Jesus and yes. Blockbuster Video. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How did that one get stuck to? You know, I was so in and out, and you didn't necessarily see these guys every week. No. That if they did disappear for a month, you wouldn't really notice. I didn't remember him really being gone for all that long. Uh, so when he's talking about being back, I didn't, re- he's like, how no. would you go? I didn't Dude. notice. There was only four pay-per-views. Could have been like a three months. Yeah. So you really didn't, these guys could like disappear for some time and then come back on TV. And it wasn't really like they were missing. Yeah. Cause there wasn't a lot of TV time to go around. Exactly. But here he is saying he's rededicating himself. What was the problem? Was Well, I know he was, he had a lot of, um, he had some drug issues, like, um, drug and alcohol issues i think uh so i have to i have to look at that um so maybe you know it was kind of like a a jeff hardy type situation where he had to go away try and clean himself up then come back so maybe maybe that's the deal but i I think uh you know he eventually like relapsed uh after this yeah he's not long no he's not there very long He's not there very long in every capacity. That yeah. was another thing, like the amount of people on this show that actually oh aren't God. alive anymore. Yes, I was just going through the the uh, the, cre- the the opening credits, and I'm like, dead, dead, dead. 
not here anymore. Dead. It's a good percentage. There's an over-under, and it ain't good. No. Tornado does his clothesline with, like, the Fred Flintstone bowling wind-up all the yes, time. Yes, the yabba-dabba-doo, yes. <laughs> punch to the face, punch to the face. This was the era where you weren't allowed to have closed fists, but uh, Tornado did not care. No, apparently that was his finishing move, so it was okay. Yeah, it was like <laughs> nonstop punch. Yeah. Vince is pushing his rededication, so it must have gotten out. This is, like, not a time where a lot of stuff, like, really went public. Or- no. You'd have to really hunt for information. There's no internet. It wasn't coming to you through Twitter. Yeah. Unless you were looking for it to be spoiled, you really could lie under the radar and not really know much about these guys except for what they told you. Yeah. So uh, he's really pushing the rededication thing. And especially as a, as a kid watching this, you know, you don't know anything about these guys that wasn't on the screen. So. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so it must have been big enough that he thought it needed to be mentioned. Yeah. Did you see the tornado get out of the ring? Um, I don't re- recall. This is crazy. Like, he, he grabs the top rope, lifts his entire body over the top, and lands on the f- floor. And this dude didn't have a foot. <laughs> and it is amazing. Wow. Like, it is impressive. The tornado's, like, always been impressive to me. It's yeah. Ever since I found out that this is doing all this, minus a foot. Yeah. And... You would never know. I'll, I'll have to go back and look at that. It's it's pretty cool. He jumps all the way to the floor onto his onto his feet. Wow! Now even perfect is pushing body stars. Oh God! As Tornado's trying to make himself get himself out of the ring, and he's getting kissed by like girls yeah. left and right. They all look like they're in eighth grade. It is yeah. crazy uncomfortable. Never right. would make air today. <laughs> no, not at all. So this is the moment that uh, I didn't even know existed, but uh, oh, this wow. is the moment was, that like I have to like look away because it's just it's it's awful. <laughs> it was an ad, a cutaway ad, but it's in the show, so it's not a true commercial. It's just a commercial they placed in the broadcast. Yes, uh, it's Vince and some lady named Cameo who's got like crazy pipes. Yeah, like her arms <laughs> are unbelievable. Yes, and. She has extremely expensive boobs. Yes. Uh, And they're going to be on a show from the USA Network called WBF Body Stars. WBF Body Stars. They just have a bunch of uh, cutaways of various people lifting weights and pumping themselves. Yeah. Lex Luger is in this a lot. I remember him coming in not as the narcissist and not as a wrestler, but originally as this bodybuilder because they would have the WBF ads in the WWF magazine and Lex and Lou Ferrigno were two people that they were really pushing in the magazine. But all these people look like they're rejects of an Arnold Schwarzenegger lookalike contest or they were on American Gladiators. But apparently you were going to watch Body Stars to see bodybuilders do what? Lift shit. Yeah, <laughs> like what are they doing? Like explaining to you how they do reps? Like I, I, I didn't under, even understand. Like I guess that's what the premise of the show. I never saw an episode of WBF. Thankfully, well, you know, you know what we got to do. That's good. That's a very special episode. <laughs> I do. I mean, I might have to at this point, but it's just like what? What? Did, I'm assuming it was an hour long show. What did they do for an hour besides? you know just sit there and lift weights 
Because there was like, were they, were they, do they have feuds? Like, I can lift weights heavier than you can. No, I can lift the heaviest weights. Like, the, the, it's not like they had, you know, scripts for this. I, I got to see it. It yeah. just has to happen. I know. Um, we're off to commercial with a preview of Money Inc. slated next. Um, and then the greatest laugh of all time and the uh, best baseline in wrestling. Yes. Uh, the million yes. dollar man with his tag team championship belt. Not as cool as the million dollar belt, but we'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I love the million dollar belt. Out mm. with IRS, Bray Wyatt's daddy. Erwin R. Scheister, yes, Bray Wyatt's dad. And for some reason, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> because... I mean, he just had to change the jacket and he was fine, you know? What, he went for the red is... Mountie jacket to throw some money on the back and he's, you know, he's right there with him. Jimmy Hart. I, I... He has no business being there for any reason. Uh, uh, I didn't realize how long these guys were. I know they traded with the Steiners and the Natural Disasters a couple times, but mm -hmm. how long DiBiase was floating around as tag champ because he goes into WrestleMania 8 as champion, mm -hmm. uh, and the big feud in WrestleMania 9 was him and Brutus and Hulk yes. uh, for the tag championship. So he was trading this belt with a couple teams for – a year and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, he was DiBiase was a big name there, man. From the, in the late '80s, when he first came in, all the way through his run, he was always like a, a top tier guy. He never really got pushed down. He was, you know, he had he had something going on with a belt almost every single time. And if it wasn't the the heavyweight belt or or the tag belts, it was the the uh, million dollar belt. So, yeah, it was crazy. I was like, wait, like his. His, uh, his storylines were always, you know, top tier. Yeah, just when I think of, like, people who are champion, tag team champions, I don't think of them as being champs for as long as they were because they, they survived WrestleMania 9. Hogan doesn't win the, ta the tag titles in that. Nope, nope. Uh, they were in that picture for a while. Yeah. Uh, Vince is plugging the rivals, the National Disasters, who I didn't even remember were good guys at any point, but they, apparently, apparently they were. They were. Yeah. Uh, our uh, red tights are Jim Powers, who is the most ex excited dude. Jim Powers. Yes. This guy is, he's he spent some money. Yeah. He's got like the half version of a flare jacket with the sequins and the feathers. And his arms are flailing and he's jumping up and down. He's just happy to be there, man. He is thrilled <laughs> to be there. Um, <laughs> And I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, I think this guy actually becomes somebody, but I just yes. can't place it. Who Jim Powers ends up being, or if he has, I think he has a career beyond being a jobber. Yes, I want to say he does too, because the name sticks out to me, Jim Powers. Um, I, I feel like he was in a tag team with somebody. I, yeah, like I a, agree. Like a real tag team, not with Buck Zumoff. Buck yeah. zoom off. You know, you are a, a far better musician than I ever was. <laughs> but um, every once in a while, I hear a saxophone solo from a legit band that's making legit money and royalties. And I go, mm -hmm. I could play that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not great by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I, I could have been that guy. I could have handled that part. Uh, yeah. Looking at Buck Zumoff, if this guy counts as a wrestler, <laughs> I could have been. Done a, this. We could have done, done this. We could have been on television. We could have been jobbers. <laughs> this dude is roughly, I don't know, eighty pounds overweight. 
Yeah. He's got no look whatsoever. Like Nothing. he's got a horrible mustache. His hair is awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, no shave, no tan, no nothing. nothing. Actually, he does have a tan just in several spots. <laughs> it's the, he's, he's a spotty tan. Yeah. He looks terrible. And this guy's on TV. He was a wrestler. We could have done this. But they just pick these guys out of like the, your your local, you know, wrestling company that might be in the area. It's just like, hey, you want to come get beat up tonight? Sure. I'll make a few bucks. Whatever. Yeah, this guy counts. He's on. He's on for like three minutes. That's all they needed. They needed somebody for, uh, you know, um, uh, IRS and, and DiBiase to to just kick around the ring for a little while. They needed a before picture for Body Stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got it. They did. Uh, yeah, his physique is awful. Um, holy cow! Yeah. Uh, Bray Wyatt's dad gets on the mic, reminds us that cheating on uh, taxes is illegal. Yes, also doesn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> we are, uh, and everybody's like, everybody's like, "Boo! I want to <laughs> cheat on my taxes." Boo! Yeah. Uh, we are dangerously close to April fifteenth when this thing airs. Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess it's in everybody's mind. Powers is jumping up and down like he's trying really hard to get a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, picture pictures of the natural disasters saying that they're going after the titles. The got no body Donna. <laughs> oh, <the> go- <laughs> Buck Zumoff. The got no notes. body. The got no body Donna. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Before that's the picture awesome. picture even closes out, uh, yeah. Buck Zumoff off the dreamland in the million dollar dream. He, he's awesome. done. Yeah. Uh, heels are celebrating. And we're nearing the end of the episode, but um, we are promised that The Undertaker is going to respond to the Berserker's Challenge. You remember earlier on, Fuji saying that they're going to cremate him in some kind of Viking ceremony. Um, This is still when um, The Undertaker, like, acted more dead than he did later. Yeah, like he was a zombie. He was a zombie. This was Zombie (laughs) Taker at this point, yes. What was your favorite Taker my favorite taker was Purple Taker. Purple Taker, like Purple uh, taker. coming back after the uh, Twin Taker. Yes, exactly. Right after, right after Twin Taker, Purple Taker, Purple Gloves, Purple Boots, long hair, still had the you know the death knell. Uh, I was uh, Tuesday in Texas winning the championship taker, where you just nice. like would would drag the belt like a, a dead cat ah. behind him. Nice. Um, <laughs> Doug that taker um, yeah. fighting Jake the snake when he just turned that was, that was decent Yeah. Uh, I also like the Amish taker where he Amish had like the, the Amish beard and yes. like the, around the ministry time that uh, Amish taker was also <laughs> yes. uh, pretty I good I will churn thy butter yes. <laughs> rest, in, rest. Re- rest in peace In a a nice religious way. (laughs) There's a place for everyone at my table. Yes. Yeah, you can see him in Lancaster with like one of those like coffin shops where he's got them all laid out. (laughs) Yes. Next to those goofy chairs and a gazebo and a couple of coffins. The Amish taker. I love the measure, He's measuring Regis Philbin over in the corner. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of tape measure. 
is back uh, for a guy I didn't remember existed. He is in this show a lot. Uh, yes, he does a bunch, of, yeah, a bunch of money puns, and he throws it over to an Owen Hart promo video. Yes, which you know, knowing what happens to Hart, God bless him. But it's this was not a this was not a good version of Owen Hart. I didn't like the the rocket Owen Hart was not my favorite. You didn't like the high high energy. Neon um, taxi cab, hammer pant. Yeah, it just seemed. To, yeah, the, the, well, the outfit was obviously dated, but it just it didn't. Maybe maybe it's just my my you know thought process now, my mindset now. But it's just like it did not appeal to me. Like in later uh, reincarnations of of Owen Hart, you know, like bad Owen Hart, like Slammy Award winning Owen Hart. That that's the Owen Hart that I loved. That type of stuff. Yeah, uh, it may have, it must have just flown over my head, or I just wasn't smart enough as a child. Uh, I didn't notice the punniness of all the interviews. Like everything mm-hmm. about this interview is about being a rocket, like a literal rocket. Yes. Like he's blasting yes. off, and he's and uh, he's reaching new heights. Everything's about a rocket ship yes. blasting off. And that's all really, Vince, man. That's all uh, Vince. You know that's all Vince. Because e- even though they gave them a little bit more carte blanche through their promos, you know Vince is like feeding them lines, saying, "You are a rocket. You need to put you. You need to be blasting off, soaring to new heights. You know, you are a rocket." Yeah, that uh, was that was him. Uh, weird interview. It ends with him going, "There's winners and losers, and take a look at me. I'm not a. I'm not a loser." weird ending okay. it's almost yeah. as bad as the, the model's ending's pretty awful too because he's talking about you know what fashion he should be wearing and why everybody wants to look at what he's wearing and then he's like oh yeah and i also wrestle yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, a real closer they, they like, really couldn't close these promos out they they had some yeah. good substance to them but they just couldn't close them yeah they yeah. just couldn't, couldn't couldn't do it uh mooney can't resist some more rocket puns uh while he yeah. cuts to papa shango oh goodness uh, who explains he is voodoo. Oh, he is voodoo. He is voodoo. Yes, he, he encompasses all voodoo. Wouldn't you love to see a <laughs> mashup of this and The Godfather? Oh, my God. Where he's got, like, you know, walking dead hoes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Does they all have, like, the weight feet, like, the skeleton yeah, face like, feet? Yeah, on, all sugar, sugar yes. skull... Yes, they're all blinged out. Yeah. <laughs> voodoo ho. That's it, yes. You're selling like little voodoo dolls with like pumps. <laughs> the cool thing about the Papa Shango uh, interview is not mm-hmm. the Papa Shango interview. It is the Sean Mooney is almost killed by the voodoo. Yes, yes. Yeah, they cut something, back to Mooney and like a stage light crowd like almost yes. kills him like he's yeah. that, that uh, Muppet from the Muppet newscast. <laughs> Falls from the sky and almost kills him. Yes, awesome. I, I think that's the last of our uh, Mooney promos and the big it takeaway is. for me was they never mention opponents. Like they could use this thing anytime they want. Yeah, they could, and they could continue to use them. And they probably did. They probably used them in several things. One thing that this doesn't do that I totally remember from watching uh, Superstars Live was the fact that they would come to uh, Philly every month. 
uh, yeah. the, the house show loop would hit us much more than it does now where we get like one or two. We get like a Raw, a SmackDown, and a pay-per-view yeah. every, every year. Well, that's or, because in this day and age, it was like WWF was Northwestern. Yeah. That was like our territory. Northeast. Know? Northeast, Northeast, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, they would, they would hit us constantly. And you would get the promos kind of like Mooney's, but you'd also mm-hmm. get the one specifically for Philly uh, where they would actually promo the real match. Like Brett would yes. come out and be like, it's you and me, Mr. Perfect at the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I kind of miss that because we got our own personal version of these being that we were on the loop. Yes. But these were the, the generic ones. I just, I don't, I didn't remember. I never noticed as as a kid that they, they weren't specific. They weren't calling anybody out. They weren't talking about any specific match. Mm-hmm. They were just, uh, uh, here's me and I'm, I'm this and you can use this anytime. Yep. This shows a promo for a big match next week with The Undertaker and Berserker. Yes. So we get two new names for a match, which is, I mean, that's, that's huge because you're seeing all these, that was big. You're seeing all these, you know, jobber matches and it's just like, Oh wait, we're going to see two named wrestlers fight each other. So damn right. I'm going to tune in. Certainly. And we get the first promos that are actually geared towards a real opponent Mm -hmm. Uh, because Paul Burr's up here saying, uh, uh, it's literally, he'll murder the berserker. Yes, there was going to be a lot of death in this match. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of seeing the TV 14 now. Uh, <laughs> gonna m- murder him, he's going to meet his destiny and death on the same day. So yes. basically, I, I, we're going to kill him. Yes. Tune yes. in next week. A guy's going to die. <laughs> Somebody is going to die <laughs> during next week's episode. You so- better watch. Yes. This is like the only thing that would make this better is if they had the dude from Family Feud from The Running Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to show a Viking and a zombie take on each other. <laughs> Somebody's going to be die. Someone's going to die. We're either going to have a zombie uh, kill him and put him in a casket, yeah. or this Viking's <laughs> going to cremate him in a fiery funeral. Exactly. Uh, Fuji's up next. Uh, the Berserker is hussing all Huss. over him. Huss. Yeah. Uh, Berserker explains that he is Berserk. Just in case case you didn't know. Yeah. (laughs) I thought the name was burying the lead. Uh, (laughs) He he is Berserk. Whatever doesn't kill him makes him stronger, uh, which I guess he wasn't listening because the Undertaker said he was actually going to kill him. So So that's, that's, I mean... Yeah, you're He's not going to yeah. be stronger. You're not going to be stronger, whatever. Yeah, you're going to be dead. And, and that's the show. Um, we get next is. week's preview. We're going to get uh, – this I thought was kind of interesting. We're getting almost the opposite card. We're getting Sergeant Slaughter, but we're getting Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. Sid Justice, and Ric Flair, which were uh, kind of the people that were against the people we saw this week. Yes. So now you're going to see their your, their opponents live. Yes. Uh, and we're going to see the huge first time battle between The Undertaker and... Uh, and The Berserker. And The Berserker. Uh, can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. Yeah. Did, did you like the episode? You know, it was, it was very nostalgic for me because watching today's product and, and the way that they handle today's product and just the fact that it's stretched over three hours... To be able to do everything that they did within, what, 45, 46 minutes of time, they they introduced a ton of wrestling. Like, if I had never watched wrestling before, 
they introduced a ton of wrestlers, either through promos, either through short, you know, uh, matches. You knew what a lot of these guys were about by the end of this episode. And then, like we just said, it was just like, okay, we have these wrestlers uh, against all these jobbers. And then if, if you like that, well, stay tuned for next week because now you're going to see the people that were talking and they're going to wrestle. And then you're also going to see two guys that aren't jobbers go at it. So if I'm you know, watching this for the first time, I'm going to watch next week because now I get to see all these other people and see what they're about. It makes sense. Yeah. It is, uh, the efficiency amazed me. Yeah. Like they sold a ton of stuff. Uh, I like you're saying. I, I now know like all the characters. This yes. is very, uh, this is very soap opera y because you can tune in and jump in in the middle and still not be lost. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I liked how everybody was completely protected. Yep. Every interview was like, "Here's who I am, and this is what I'm about, and watch me fight, and I'm never going to lose." Yeah. And this guy over here thinks he can beat me, but you're never going to see us together until it's time for that to actually happen, so anybody can win. Yes, I, I love this presentation. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wish they went back to this kind of stuff because mm -hmm. uh, there's so much content and there's so many pay per views. I'm not going to be waiting long to see the real guys fight the real guys. Yeah, exactly. And when I finally see the real guys fight the real guys, it's going to be for the first time, not after I saw them for three weeks on Raw and then finally at the pay per view. Yeah, I've seen this match four times before I, the pay per view even happens. Yeah. And then they're going to give it, me that pay per view match for three more times. So yeah. it's like, do the teasing. Yes, it's. It's it's a good bit of tease that you, that and that that's that's what that's what made the product so so good uh, uh, you know back in this time era it made it it made it so you wanted to watch yeah I mean what is the difference between we're on the pay per view now nothing nothing, nothing. so th this is this is awesome yes I thoroughly enjoyed this I like going back it's very cool yes. Best match. I have to say, I like the um, the LOD match. It's probably one of my favorites. I was a fan of the Martell match because they, the the guy looked like he could have won. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. They got a two count. Is Martell going to lose to this dude? <laughs> like, it almost had me convinced because the second two count, I'm like, wait, what the? You gave him some time. Red tight of the week. Ooh. Red tight of the week. Well, we got to go with Gilbert, man. <laughs> yeah. Just the fact that he he will become Gilbert. My red tight is uh, Jim Powers because Jim Powers. he was he was working it. He was trying so hard. He was a try hard. He was trying to get the job. Yeah. Um, although uh, Buck Zumoff, my second favorite, Buck being Zumoff. that uh, I, I could have been him. I could have done that. <laughs> I, I, my physique, not great, <laughs> but. Definitely better than that. If th if this guy counts, it it's like when when yes. Kevin Smith saw Slacker. If this was a movie, I could be a director. Yes. If this guy was a wrestler, yeah, I, I could I could definitely I could have I could definitely have been a wrestler. Yes, I could do that. I could totally do that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm never gonna be the warrior. Yeah, but I I can reach this level. Yeah, exactly. So he, he gave me hope. Dude, we'll, we'll tag team. <laughs> Next week we got Slaughter, Sean, Sid, Ric Flair. Some good matches. Slaughter trying to come back as a as a as a better person. I guess he's already been a better person. That was after WrestleMania seven. He yes, well, it's after seven where he was the Iraqi sympathizer. So um, apparently, people like him again. 
Well, 70 lost. Yes. They kept, they dragged that on, I think, until SummerSlam. Yeah. And then he kind of got his country back. So yes. we got we got good good Sarge. We got uh, Sean coming up. Yeah, Sean. Sid Justice, who I was convinced was going to be New Hogan a year before. Yeah. And now he's... Uh, Psycho Sid. We're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Ric Flair with uh, the not-so-spark Zarastrusta. <laughs> yes um uh, we'll talk about that next week with with his uh bad strauss his his strauss sound alike we will we'll see you next time thank you for joining us <laughs> thank you for, yeah, thank you for joining us on uh saturday morning superstars i've been dom i'm Finn. and uh we need a tagline on the way out but we haven't thought of one yet we'll work on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's good shit. That's good <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs>